Shopify presents Cool Sheets from Aha to Lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Welcome back, everybody. Happy New Year. 2021 is upon us. This is episode 105 of Two Drunk Brothers in the Podcast, presented by Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. So definitely check them out and stuff like that. But anyway, I hope you guys had a great holiday season. Uh, the first episode of 2021. Got a lot of exciting things for you this year. I think this is going to be a great episode. Um, and we are going to talk about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Jared didn't say, welcome back. Another episode of Two Drunk Brothers. I don't know if it's a, two drunk brothers this week, though. I think it might only be one. It is one. I, am I don't. Taking, Jared is pussing out on me tonight. I am probably just this week. I'm taking a little bit of a cleanse. I don't know about y'all, but I probably drank. So Travis and I had, we were off work from Christmas Eve until this Monday, the 4th, which is where we work at a great place where that allows us to take that whole week off. But I probably, that's what Travis, I think, Four, 10 days, 10 ish days off. It was a good amount of time off, but I probably drank work. You even said on Sunday, you had the Sunday scaries coming after work these past two days. I needed, I needed a night to drink. Yeah. So I just, uh, I will drink for the both of us. There you go. Polished off the rest of my half of a fifth of vodka that I have in the fridge. So I will drink the amount that both of us should drink. There you go. That. I'll be back next week. Like I said, I just need to give my, my body a little bit of a weak cleanse. So, um, but yes, uh, let's talk about our bowl season. Cause Travis and I had our five bowl picks um, that we picked. I went four and one against the spread. Travis went three and two. So nobody beat us for the beat the brothers competition, which does that surprise you? That's why you guys listen to us. So we are going to give away the Kong still. We'll, we'll put out more details about that. It's going to be something to do with the national championship game in college. But Travis, what was our overall? Because we tweeted out a line for every single bowl game, and it was damn impressive. Our against the spread. Ah, oh, son of a bitch! I just closed out of the tab. Hang on, I have it. Uh, open it back up. I got. I nope, I got it. Okay. Um, our record against the spread because we tweeted out one for every single game. What ended up being uh, fourteen ten and one. So a unit on each game wins you a little bit of money. Uh, we were really hot there for a little bit, but I'll tell you what, starting like end, uh, evening of New Year's, New Year's Eve up until the end of bowl season was just madness upsets. Yeah, it was, it was, 
it was crazy stuff that we couldn't have predicted. And the upsets we tried to take didn't hit a la NC State. Let's not talk about that. Um, but we ended December in the green. I think we were like three-ish units combined. Yeah, we were right. I think we were right at or around three. Um, we didn't hit the 10 that we wanted, but I mean, that's, that's just been but yeah. like, this is this the story. I don't know if it's just for us, but for football season, pretty much we had like a good month. And then after that, uh, we rode a little bit of a struggle bus. So we gained it back it though. We gained it back. November was to end of October. November was rough. December. I feel like we got, we got, we got our training those back off. Yeah. So new, uh, new year, new betting records. We'll still give you at the end of the football season. If it's good enough, our, uh, our record or unit totals, but we are tracking this year as a new year in terms of units. So as soon as uh, January 1st hit, though all those games go on the new year. So absolutely, that's that. But bowl season was pretty crazy. Um, Real quick, hold game. on, hold on, Travis. I added something to the script before before you hopped on and saw it. I wanted to do a New Year's gambling resolution because both of us, I feel like, could have won a lot more money last year if we would have just followed a couple simple rules. So I have one in my new year's gambling resolution is to quit chasing teasers and parlays. Like I will put out it's so hard, but it's just like, it's so juicy. Okay. Well not. Okay. I will, I will still do them, but I'm not going to like chase them. Like some days I'll wake up. I'm like, okay, I'll put out like three or four different parlays or teasers. I need to find one or two that I like for a weekend and just call it that. Um, so that's what I'm, that's mine. And also to, you know, really stick to just my games I talk about and research for the podcast. Cause anything I don't do that for, I end up fucking betting on it and it sucks. Yeah. That's a, that's a big thing of me that I do a lot. Of, a lot of my, um, I guess I'll say resolution um, would be to, it would be the games that like, I don't necessarily love, but at the same time, those are games that are like on off periods, like a line that I would never tweet out, but I want to, I want to have an interest in it. Like today, uh, this afternoon, um, I had a game up on my side TV and I bet it just because it was on and I wanted to have like a rooting interest in it. Did I like the game? Absolutely not. But I bet on it anyway. And guess what? I fucking lost because I didn't know jack shit about either team. And either way I leaned, I saw like a negative aspect uh, to both sides. And it was ended up being a close game. It was the Kent State uh, Toledo game, basketball game today. Either way, so I like that. I like you're not chasing teasers and parlays and to only stick with what you do. Um, Mine is going to be, this is going to be my resolution, uh, will be to actually bet the amount of units I put on a game. That is a huge problem for me because I will be right around like even units on the weekend or I'll be, or I'll be down because I will end up chasing one game when I have the same amount of units on it as I did another game that lost earlier in the week. Yeah. I end up just putting more money on it to try to get it back. Yeah. If that makes sense. I'm chasing like, lines chasing. rather than rolling with, the amount of units and confidence I have in a game. Like, like so. if you're, if you're down, like, so you have a game coming up, say if you're down two units, 
and you have a game coming up and you were going to put two units on it, but you're like, fuck that. I want to put four units on because I want to get back in the green and it loses. That is a great resolution because that's something that yep. a lot of people do. And I don't, I think I remember way back when we did the, our golden rules of gambling. That was one of them is don't chase. Like just don't chase to make up for, for lost time. That's something you can. And it's do. hard. It really is. Like, I mean, us, us degenerates, us sports gamblers, like, you know, that, uh, that chase, you always, you're always chasing that next big win. And it's really hard. I did it on Sunday with the Cardinals and I was ended there. Up one, pissing me off more. I always do it and it never works out for me. I will say under 20% of the time, does it ever work out for me in my favor? Yeah, I witnessed that live and in person. It was not pretty, but I just want to thought that was kind of cool. Um, New Year's gambling resolutions, New Year, new bankroll. Um, so let's win some money. I think we started off pretty hot. I think uh, we went. You started off pretty good. Um, one that I totally forgot. My I bet the Titans minus seven on Sunday, and they fucking choked that game away. Choked it away. They were up by double digits late in the game. Only ended up winning by five. So they can eat a dick. Vikings, the Vikings were up by, they were covering late in the fourth. They choked it away. So we could be up huge, but those two teams can, uh, can fuck right off. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. I mean, week 17 gambling is just fucking shitty anyway. I don't know why. I don't know even why I did it. I tell myself every year I'm not going to do it, but do it anyway. And it always ends up fucking you because of that, because of that reason. I mean, I Uh, went, I went, I went three and one. So uh, fucking Cardinals. I would have went. I would have went four zero for the fucking Cardinals. If it weren't for Kyler Murray yeah. being such a bitch, Suck it up, dude. That game for me, I don't understand. So Kyler Murray got hurt on the first drive. The end of the first drive got sacked, taken out of the game. Sat on the sidelines in pads, was throwing the ball around, like warming up, acting like he was going to come in the whole game. Went into halftime without coming in. I thought, okay, he's going to come back in the second half. Nope. Sits the bench till like 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. At that point, like the game's damn near done. You have two possessions left and they didn't score because it was just, there was no time left. It was, it smelled very fishy to me. Like if you're healthy in the fourth quarter with the playoffs on the line, you're healthy enough to come in in the second quarter. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm, it, I don't think it's fi- – I know you're all in the conspiracy that, that things are fixed. I, I just think I just think Kyler Murray is not that dude, man. I just don't think he has that it factor. He doesn't have that want in him enough. Uh, I mean, you really, t- you really think about it. The Cardinals were one Hail Mary away from being seven and nine. So I just – I mean, that one in – like, dude, the playoffs are on the line. You're playing the Rams with John Wolford, who, by the way – Looked better than Jared Goff, but that's a story for a different day. Yeah, hey, he looked. He, the dude was fast on his feet. I will say that he's quick. But, but I mean, again, the, now the now the tape's out on him. I'm not sure that's going to work two games in a row. That's true. I don't know though. They're playing the Seahawks, uh, which we'll talk about later. But at the end of the day, like all you had to do was score 20 points and you win that game when you go to the playoffs. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it's it was definitely. Crazy. While we're on top of NFL in week 17, let's go ahead and roll with that. Um, let's talk about the Eagles and the, that Eagles um, fuck Washington football team game on Sunday night. Uh, Eagles obviously benched Jalen Hurts. 
And then you have all these Giants players. Like, I understand the fans. Like, I understand Giants fans bitching on Twitter because that's what fans can do. But the fact your players are chiming in and, like, like calling out the Eagles for, quote-unquote, tanking or, you know, not trying to get you into the playoffs, like, fuck you. Like, that is just – that was just the most ultimate bitch move I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, you know, it was – I don't even – I'm, like, not overhearing – I'm overhearing about it, but I still would like to talk about it. Just because of the fact that you have a four ten and one Eagles team who is in a good spot to get a good draft pick, they got their franchise quarterback. Who obviously, I mean, it seems like it's a franchise quarterback, and Jalen Hurts playing out there. Why risk the injury of him getting hurt to get your fifth win to essentially just knock out the Washington football team to put another team in your conference in the playoffs? It just doesn't make sense. They're all your rivals. At that point, you're just you're being smart, getting the better draft pick, keeping the players that you don't want to get hurt off the field. And I mean, I don't know what else you're supposed to do. So it happens for, every year. It happens every year. For reference, if Philly would have won that game, they could have picked as low as okay, they would have who are they playing again? They were playing the Washington football team. Okay. So they could have picked as low as a nine, and right now they have the six pick. So that's a difference of three, three picks. And honestly, right there, if you're Philly, if you're not sold on Jalen Hurts, I see a perfect opportunity with a team at three that probably would be willing to trade back, and you can go up and get a quarterback. Miami Dolphins. I'm just saying for a meaningless game, like for that yeah. game, it meant nothing to Philadelphia at all. And it happened like – the Dolphins, for example, the Dolphins, which is an easy, easy point of reference for us because we're Dolphins fans, but they needed only one of three teams to lose. The Colts, who played the Jaguars and started Mike Glennon and obviously weren't trying. This, the Browns, who played the Steelers, and they started Mason Rudolph. You did not see one Dolphin fan bitching that the Steelers benched Ben Roethlisberger and started Mason Rudolph in the Steelers ended up losing exactly i mean and we're 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 10 and 6 like i think we're a 10 win team not in the playoffs it sucks i think 10 win teams should get in the playoffs usually every year it's it's a pretty pretty automatic and then you are sitting here at 6 and 10 and complaining because the philadelphia eagles didn't try to win a meaningless game against washington because they could have like at the end of the day you control your own destiny joe judge had a press conference today and he started to kind of bitch about Doug Peterson and the Eagles a little bit. But then he's like, you know, we have 16 games. That means we have 16, 16 chances to win. We didn't get it done ourselves. We can't rely on other people. So glad he came out and said that. But he did start off the press conference by bitching about Doug Peterson for a little bit. But enough on that. Um, we no, hang, on, hang on. I, I just, I'm actually watching, watching ESPN right now on the side screen. And at the bottom, uh, apparently Miles Sanders said that, Nobody on the Eagles wanted the quarterback change late in the game. Um, but at the same time, of course, the players aren't going to agree with it because nobody likes to lose. Like at the end no. of the day, you don't want to lose, especially when you're 4-10 and one team. But at the same time, that comes down to coaching and the higher ups that are just making the better decision for the franchise. That's all it is. Yeah. They are looking in the future, not in the now, which is what you have to do. So, um, but week 17, other than that was pretty uneventful. You know, those are the two big games to talk about. Um, Chiefs lost. Yeah. Because they played Chad fucking Henny, which, okay. We're talking about the chiefs. 
you have the chief starters now who are going to be, who are going to be sitting for nearly three weeks. They didn't play week 17 20 days. They didn't play. They're not going to play this weekend because they have the first round by good on them. Do you think that's good or bad? Because we're talking about a chiefs team. And I think since Patrick Mahomes took, I mean, they had the buy last year and it played out in their favor, but they, did they rest their players in week 17 last year? I think they did. It's hard. It, it is really, I don't know if they did or not, but it's hard to say whether it's good or bad. Cause there's like, I feel like there's a pro and a con to it. The pro is you have fresh legs. Nobody's sore. Um, which is a big thing. I think it's the main reason why Clemson beat Ohio State, or Ohio State beat Clemson. It's because they only played a fraction of the games that Clemson did. Yeah. On the other hand, you have dudes that are just like, not necessarily checked out, but at the same time, they're not as like fresh, ready to go, super pumped up because they haven't played in three weeks. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just I- like taking a vacation, a summer vacation and going back to work. Yeah. And I mean, and then you also have to run the risk of hopefully none of their players like go out and catch COVID and they can't play. Cause that was, cause Aaron, the, the Packers on the NFC side, they have the buy obviously. And the last thing Aaron Rodgers said to his team before, cause they, they're not coming back to the facility. The last thing he said to his team was have a good, have a good bye week Don't fucking get COVID. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Aaron Rodgers is selfish. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I mean, for real, though, like that's the thing, especially this year that you have to worry about. And, uh, I know in Missouri, Kansas city folk, that is a big, it's a big thing. Cause like Top a lot of places are open. Nowhere enforces a bunch of COVID protocol shit. So that could be, that could be huge. Yeah. Well, well, hopefully that doesn't happen. We just want to chat about that. Um, and speaking of COVID, the Browns are going through COVID issues. Um, Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, got announced today, January 5th, that he tested positive for COVID. So I, he's not going to be there on Sunday. And they talked about, like, moving the game around. I'm like, what the fuck are you going to do? Like, that is the last game of the weekend. That is the Sunday night game, as it should be. But you're going to be – the Browns are going to be without at least their head coach this weekend. And I think another offensive assistant. So I think, like – the special teams coordinator or the offensive line coach, somebody like that is going to be the head coach on, on Sunday. That is, I mean, that that's big news. I'm not saying that the head coach is like serves no role, but at the same time, you got, you got to rely on the players eventually to go out there and make the but plays. I'm pretty sure Kevin Stefanski calls the plays. Well, guess he's going to be calling them from home. Can they, can they do that? Like, do you, do you think they I don't know? Allow- Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
That's a good question. I would like to look into that. Not going to do it. Take my time off right now and do it. But if they can, let us know. Either way, it's going to be the true testament. If Baker, if Baker can even keep this game close without his head coach and play caller, that is big props on him. Yeah. I feel like anyway, in my opinion, don't think it's going to um, happen. Don't, but we'll talk more about that in Degenerous digest. We'll talk more about that. Um, other than that one, before we move on talk a little bit more about bowl season, uh, the coaching carousel in the NFL, few coaches got fired. Got a got? lot of talk about people going places. You got Gase out in New York. You got Marone out in Jacksonville. You got, um, Anthony Lynn's out An- in LA. Anthony Lynn's out in LA. The Texans have a head coach. It. What? Oh, Texans. Texans yeah, have Texans. one. And who else had an interim coach? Atlanta has one, has an opening. So that's five at least that I can rip off the top of my head. I only had you, four. Was that five? It was five. Atlanta, Houston, Chargers, uh, Jacksonville, and the Jets. Five. So there's five. I don't. That's got to be like pushing a record. Five head coach vacancies heading into a season, and honestly, I don't know who's going to go where. I I don't know either. Um, it could be uh, very interesting. I know Adam Gase is definitely done in the NFL. He's been rumored to go to um, Atlanta. I mean, not Atlanta, Alabama, to be Nick Saban's offensive coordinator. Yeah. Good, let him. Anthony Lynn will probably get some sort of offensive position somewhere because he's a good offensive mind. He's just not a good head coach. Um, but I think Doug Marone's done in the NFL. I think Adam Gase's time's done. We'll see, it's be interesting to see some of the names. We'll talk more about that as the coaching search heats up. Actually, Travis, I'm going to search real quick. Top five NFL head coach candidates, and we'll see if any. Well, I know. One has got to probably be the enemy, enemy from yep. the Chiefs. Yep. Chiefs yeah. offensive quarterback definitely got to be one of the top prospects. Um, I know that Sarkeesian from Illinois or from Illinois, from Alabama, was rumored to he's, you know, he, search he's, elsewhere. He's the head coach at Texas, bro. That's, that's where they fired. They, they, I don't know if they. A lot of people like went back on the word. Is that official yet? I don't know. I the last I know I read some it people was, said that that was falsely uh, reported, like the Chan Gailey firing, like the Chan Gailey firing. Can't trust anything nowadays. Tell you what, another top candidate so going on. is Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator for Carolina, which is kind of like a not like a weird circumstance in my opinion because yeah. i feel like their their offense isn't that great yeah it's uh it's interesting but apparently he's this mm. young he's this young mind he might be good in la with herbert eckler i know they like to design a lot of stuff uh to their running back because they got christian mccaffrey involved so i feel like that could be a good fit for the chargers yeah, I think so too. Another one's Brian Dabble, the offensive coordinator for Buffalo, which apparently is kind of funny because people a year ago were calling for his for his job, and now all of a sudden he's a he's a head coaching candidate. What a difference! Classic uh, Buffalo fans. Yeah, we're the same way. But um, 
Another one is actually people are saying Raheem Morris for the Falcons took over that team after they went 0 five and actually did a pretty decent job to round out the year. People are saying he could stay there or look for a full-time coaching job elsewhere. Uh, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, the jacked bald headed dude, Robert Sala. Yeah. He's he another one. Has, I think he had an interview with the Falcons today, if I'm not mistaken. He interviewed with the Falcons and the Jets. Um, another one so, I've been throwing out definitely there. Definitely going to be a head coach because that dude is damn good. Yeah, he's definitely going to be a head coach. Absolutely. Another, one last one I'll throw out there just because he's a, he came from the Mizzou coaching tree, Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator in Indy. No idea who that guy is. He's a defensive coordinator in Indy. He's been rumored to – he's been just slowly made his way up. Like I said, he started out as a Mizzou assistant way back in the day. So, M-I-Z, oh, baby. Like Gary Pinkle days? I think so. I, th- I think he. I think he comes from the from the Gary Pinkle tree. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So that's our NFL shit that we have um, for just like our little spiel. We're gonna have our our picks and talk about the playoffs a little later. Before we head into our little guest segment, hint hint, we have a guest segment coming up. Uh, we I want to talk a little bit more about the bowl, the college football bowl season, because we didn't talk about that a whole lot. We did not. Let's, let's touch on it real quick, and uh, we'll move on to the interview for sure. But before we get to the national game, I said that it was a pretty good bowl season. I'd like to preface that by saying some games. Uh, there were a lot of blowout games, a lot of mismatches. Don't know if that had to do with COVID. But at the same time, I couldn't blame COVID because on New Year's Day, two four-win SEC teams upset ranked teams. Yep, and I think that just goes to show the talent level in the SEC compared to the other conferences. Like I said, like you said, it was four and six Kentucky and Mississippi State won their bowl game too, and they weren't good at all. I mean, it was just crazy. I mean, it, there were a lot of blowouts, and what I noticed a lot of is just horrible, horrible game management and just game decisions by college coaches, like. Now I know why there's such a talent gap and why it's so hard to get to the NFL. Like I always knew, but I think it was really on full force in Cotton Bowl season about how bad these coaches are at timeout management, clock management, shit like that. It was just, just the in-game adjustments. Like obviously you can prep for a game all you want, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to make adjustments in the middle of the game at halftime. You go into halftime trailing by, you know, a score or 10 points, whatever it is. Like you're gonna have to make adjustments, and I feel like in a majority of these bowl games, that was not done at all. No, it it definitely wasn't, and it was just like I said, it was on full force. So, coaching in college, you got to get better. That's just you, you just got to do it, man. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. And uh, obviously, another big one: college football uh, semifinals, Alabama Notre Dame. Not a surprise there. I didn't. I'm not. I'm surprised the Alabama didn't score more. To be honest with you, but um, Notre Dame stinks. We. I don't want to. I see think them. they didn't want to just completely embarrass them. Is what it was. I mean, it was just. If you look at it, like they could have scored. They could have put up fifty points if they wanted to. Yeah, I mean, it was just. I think it's this fact of like you don't want to run up score, risk injury, blah blah blah. Yeah, it definitely makes sense because they had full control of that game from pretty much the opening snap, um, and. Can we, we said it time and time again, we said it on the, on last podcast, like let's stop putting Notre Dame 
in this fucking thing. Like we're, we're sick of it. It's the same product every year. It's shit. It's boring. It sucks. No one wants to watch it. Like that was legit, legitimately one of the most boring football games I've watched all year. Yeah. And people, I mean, people are going to come back and be like, Oh, well, A&M struggled with UNC and uh, Florida got dominated by Oklahoma. Okay. Well, Oklahoma looked damn good. And yes, while Cincinnati did end up losing to Georgia, that was a very winnable game for them. And I think that it's a much different situation if they're putting a college football playoff game. Or even just a big, a big bowl game. Like that was a big bowl game for them against Georgia. I definitely think Notre Dame should not have been there. You can argue with me all you want. You're not going to convince me otherwise. And I'm just saying, let's keep this in mind for the future. Cause this is the third time now in my lifetime alone, where I've seen them either in an, in a college football playoff semifinal or the national championship and just not even put up a fight, not even put up one up fight at all. I have, I have come to grips over the last like week that the two worst fan bases in college football are Notre Dame fans and Ohio state fans. Cause they are unbearable. They're absolutely insufferable. I mean, I knew Ohio state fans were cause who the fuck has to make sure you say the Ohio state university. I mean, it's just, I know that for a fact. And Notre Dame is just as bad. We have a buddy's Notre Dame fan and a fucking Yankees fan. It's just like they will, they will argue with you to there's nothing left to argue. Like start pulling out unbelievable stuff. Like Notre Dame fans and Ohio state fans, I'll give it, give you credit. You're, you're loyal. But I mean, at the same time, you're always like competing, but it's, it's very bad to, to witness and watch and read and everything else. Yeah, it is. So lastly, we'll talk about the Clemson Ohio state game, which obviously Ohio state won pretty handily, but there was the big controversial targeting call that happened, I believe near the end of the first half. And basically what it did is it gave, you guys know what I'm talking about. The guy came with his head down, hit Justin Fields, in the back or whatever. It wasn't even, wasn't even the head or neck area, which pissed me off. I thought that's what targeting had to be. And then, everyone's like, Oh, it, it's got to protect you as a tackler too. I mean, yes. Was he like projecting himself forward? Yeah. But he doesn't even make contact with his head unless Justin Fields spins. Like he had no intention of hitting with his head. Um, he, he, it, he was, Leading with his shoulder. I mean, I know his head was down, but some of you fucking fat motherfuckers on Twitter, you try to tackle somebody with your shoulder, with your head up 100% of the time. It's impossible, especially when you're flying at a very, very quick speed. Yeah, it was an awesome hit. I loved it. Good for, I, I think in my eyes, good for football. Good, good football hit. Love to see it. What do you mean you're fucking protecting the tackler? He, uh, I, I'm not even going to address that. It's already so done. He doesn't, uh, the rule doesn't do anything. If the, so if you're telling me if you would have broke his neck on that play, that was somehow that rule to miraculously protected him. These guys, obviously the rules in place and they're still doing it. Like, I just think that was not the definition of targeting. And you had so many fucking professional, football, professional football players on Twitter agreeing with you. And you had these couch potatoes at home saying otherwise just because either they're an Ohio state fan or because they had a bet on Ohio state. Like that's legitimately the only reason why. I think a lot of it has to do with the nature of the sport for me. Like he wasn't, he wasn't going for like a kill hit. 
or anything like that. He hit him right in the side ribs. If you want to lay your body on the line and make the tackle, more power to you. What is a flag going to stop that from anyone ever making a tackle? Like we just said, it's not. A flag will make you like a flag and just like your whole general well-being is not going to make you want to hit somebody in the head as they're sliding to the ground, which charting should be. But the fact that he hit him in the ribs, however you want to tackle him, I feel like should be more the merrier to you. Absolutely. So like I said, enough on that. We don't think it would have changed the game, but that was a big momentum play. Um, still Ohio State just dominated Clemson in yeah, pretty I mean, much every facet. It took it took a what could have been, if they make the field goal, a 10-point game turns into a 14-point game. Their leading linebacker, Skalski, gets ejected from the game. And I feel like from then on, all momentum just lost. Like, when you're down 10, you're like, okay, that's come back. That's come backable. When you're down 14, it's like, shit, we're fucked. Yeah. If we don't score a touchdown on this next drive. Yeah. I mean, it is, like I said, that, that, that tackle by no way, shape or form made Clemson lose. We just, it was, it was a big momentum play and it could have had an outcome on the game. But anyway, uh, like I said, we've rambled on long enough. We want to get to our interview. If you haven't heard of this guy, we think he has a very, very amazing analytical approach to gambling. Uh, so you're going to hear from Justin who runs a Twitter account, Conch Picks. <laughs> We told you guys we'd have a guest for you, and here he is. Um, you might have seen him. I first saw him on TikTok, which I think is kind of cool just to show the viral, um, you know, how, how you can go viral on that platform. It is His name is ConchPix, at ConchPix, um, I believe, on both Twitter <laughs> and, and TikTok, right? Yep, that's right. Awesome. So, all right. So, for those of you who don't know, the man behind ConchPix, here he is. Um, so, why don't you tell us a little about yourself and kind of how you started this whole – got started in gambling and how you kind of started putting out picks on, on social media. Yeah, sure, man. How's it going, everybody? Uh, so, my, my real name's Justin. I do have a name. Um, just graduated college, a uh, little computer engineering background, and naturally Brett. putting that to good – yeah, putting that to good use. Um in the sports betting scene been into it for a couple of years now um never really took it too seriously just as it's been legalized across the u.s here it's, it's starting to pick up a little bit more so i decided to to hop in so um made a little script for the nba is where it all started a few years ago just for fun just to see if i you know had any sort of talent whatsoever um and then this year decided to make one for the nfl and we've been testing it out been working pretty well, uh, a few minor bugs along the way, but yeah, that's kind of where we're at. And uh, I plan on doing this for years to come, hopefully tweak this thing and make it something that can be pretty dangerous. So yeah, a little bit about me. Where'd you go to school? Uh, I went to Pitt. University Pitt. Of Pittsburgh. All right. Yep. Cool. Cool. How about you guys? We both went to Mizzou. So uh, cool. yeah, we're like three years apart. Um, but other than that, you said that you kind of put a script together. Is it basically just like your own formula you use to generate what, what line to pick? Yeah. So for the, the football one, I, I do one of a few things. Um, what it does is essentially outputs a few scores. One of them being kind of a score based upon statistics that I found correlated more strongly than others to the win percentage of any particular team. 
Um, so I use those stats to output a score. And then on top of that, I run a simulation based on driving averages and efficiencies versus their opponent's defense, simulate that across a 60 minute game, run that, you know, 10,000, a hundred thousand times and essentially get this score, which then helps me see what percentage of the time one team is winning versus another and then bet confidence levels from there. Interesting. So you're like, you know, a lot of people just look at like against the spread records and, you know, like total defense, scoring defense, things like that. Try to find a matchup somewhere. So you're taking a total, like a hundred percent analytical approach to this and which we think is really cool. So you said something about confidence levels. How, why would you feel more confident in one game over the other based upon what your, your model outputs? Right. Yeah. So for the simulation, I'll simulate, you know, around 10,000 times, like I said, and then I'll tally up the number of wins, regardless of how much those wins are by. Um, And in that, I kind of get a confidence level in a a sense that one team wins, you know, X percent over the other. So I'll look for teams that win 80%, 80-20 versus 70-30 and try and identify trends that way. And what I've found mostly for this season and hopefully continues to be a thing um, is there's this nice little sweet spot around 83 to 88% where the teams that it predicts winning in that range typically win outright, if not cover the majority of the time with a favorable spread. That's either a score or smaller. So you'd say, Hey, why not bet the 90% and above teams typically when it has 90% or more, you start to see spreads that are 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and, and more. So that's kind of the sweet spot that I'm seeing so far. It's been working thus far, and that's kind of like what's been the main beef of the teasers that I've tweeted out from week to week. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Sweet. That's awesome. Um, I know a lot of the, the picks that I look at and that I'm really intrigued by when I look at your mainly your Twitter page, because mm-hmm. that's wherever I go to, um, are your player props. You put out a ton of those, uh, mainly like three or four at least for like all your primes, all the primetime NFL games. How right. do you go about selecting those? Is it kind of the same way? Yeah, so that's kind of so that isn't automated currently, but I do have a little you know secret sauce process that I look for to try and find um, estimates of you know how many you know yards, catches, rushing attempts, whatever that a player should have in any given game, um, and then if that's much higher or lower than the spread, then it's something that I tend to look for. Um, so a lot of times, and this is why I like the process that I use. 
it'll match up pretty closely to what the line has in some cases. So in others where it's, there's a much higher tolerance or distance away from the lines that Vegas offers, those are typically the plays that you'll see me tweet out. Interesting. I know I, I rode your uh, Logan Thomas over in receiving yards <laughs> on Sunday night. The amount of yeah. times Alex Smith dumped it off to JD McKissick was infuriating. I was fuming. Yeah, that was, that was not a fun night. That was not a fun night. No. The dude, he mosses a guy in the end zone, makes a real nice catch for a touchdown. He's 12 yards away from his over, and then he tripped over his own feet in what ended up being a pick going the other way. So, yeah, that was that was just a disappointing game. Yeah, at halftime, Terrible. I thought it was a Terrible. lock, and then the dude catches one pass for six yards in the second half. Yeah, yeah, that's that's some of the stuff that you just can't predict. Oh, that's it. <laughs> And that's and that's what yeah. I think makes you a fun follow because like um, you you kind of tweet as the game's happening and you know you you kind of let your followers know like hey this model's not perfect I think the one TikTok I saw which is how I I, I got onto you um, uh-huh. like you put out all your picks and then the next day people were like flaming you because I think you you, <laughs> you didn't go 100 percent and you're like listen if you think you're going to go 100 percent in gambling you're 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 high essentially because you're, you're you, crazy yeah yeah I mean professional cappers do 50 to 55 percent so as long as you're doing that you're you're in a pretty good spot which i think is awesome so back to the props real quick you said you haven't fully automated that you got a secret sauce is that something you want to eventually develop into a model and you know kind of uh you know hone hone your craft at the at the prop betting yeah yeah i think it would be cool too in the future definitely looking to do that for next year um i just think it's not it wouldn't be as much of a model as it would be just running through and, and checking it for more people um, so that I can, you know, try and find more favorable lines in less time to kind of save myself <laughs> the hassle. Yeah. But yeah. Hopefully in the future. Absolutely, dude. So um, a lot of good insight. Like I said, we really like, we really like what you're doing again. It's like, you know, you, you have any Joe Schmoes like, like us, the two drunk brothers can just talk <laughs> on a podcast and try to find lines. And we, we do dive into the stats, but we thought that your, your really analytical approach was awesome. So um, before I let you get out of here, man, uh, what are th- like your, you said something about confidence levels. What are your three uh, highest confidence level games for the, the wild ooh. card weekend? Okay. Yeah. Let's um, so let's go ahead. I can step through the whole output this week. If you want to do that. Yeah, sure. Might as well. Yeah. Let me, uh, so let me go through all six games. Let me pull it up here. So, First game, I believe, is Colts-Bills. Um, I think the, the Colts are probably the only underdog with momentum going into this week. Um, I, I see a lot of trend analyzers saying that, you know, a lot of the underdogs, especially in wildcard weekends, tend to perform pretty well against the spread, uh, at least historically in the past couple years. Um, I, I just – I don't know if that's going to happen this year, man. But if there's one underdog that's going to give – somebody a little bit of trouble I think that's the Colts um we do have the Bills in 71 percent of the games um so again that's not as high as my confidence level would like but it kind of makes sense that the spread's right around six and a half okay um next game Rams Seahawks this one kind of there's two games that are a toss-up and this is one of them um it leans Seahawks a little bit again in the 70s here but this the scores that are outputting are much tighter than they were for for Colts Bills interesting yeah that's that's the one that I'm like kind of scratching my head at don't don't know which way to lean so it's kind of interesting that yeah. your models kind of saying saying the same thing 
Right. Yeah. I think I'm just going to completely avoid that game altogether. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, uh, okay. Next one, Bucks football team. I don't think the football team is good at all. <laughs> if I'm being Absolutely. completely honest, um, Alex Smith could barely beat a team that was intentionally trying to lose yeah. two days ago. So uh, people are saying that, you know, Chase Young in the defense is great, whatever. Um, but you know, you're playing Tom Brady. I really don't see them winning this game. If they do, I'll be dumbfounded, yeah. especially because this thing has the Bucks winning in 95% of games, Ooh. which is the highest percentage this week for any team. And you even which said, which is like, also why, and, and yeah, like you said, your model like, freaked out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. When it's in the 90s, though, you feel more comfortable. Like if something, if something's in the 90s, would you feel more comfortable betting? Because like this is more than a one score spread. Like it's eight, eight and a half, depending mm. on where you look. So it's obviously more than one score. Like, is that something you'd be like, okay, this is ninety percent, ninety five percent? You know, would you feel comfortable laying that, laying those eight points with the Bucks? Yes, I think so. So I, I took them. Uh, I actually took the Bucks when they were minus. I think they were minus seven. I think they were seven and a half, but I just bought the hook. I took Bucks minus seven. Yep. Um, only because typically I don't see a minus seven spread when a team is at ninety five percent. Yeah. I think that the spread is as low as it is, even though it's not that low. Yeah. Is as low as it is, is because it's a playoff game and mm-hmm. they can't really go much higher, but yeah, 95%. Um, if again, if the football team wins this game, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I would give up. <laughs> I'll give just, up. Just done. Done betting forever. Yep. Done. Yeah. Done till, <laughs> done till next week. <laughs> 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 yeah short retirement but okay and then uh sunday games i believe is what this is on i think i did this in order yeah ravens we got the ravens yeah ravens ravens titans we have the titans actually shockingly enough in 63 percent of games don't like that yeah i i this is the one i hated looking at this because for the scores (laughs) it had this as a toss-up it had ravens winning in some cases titans winning in others but overall, the end simulation has Titans in 63%. I, I don't get it, but I, I think the Ravens win this time. Um, if we remember last year, Ravens had an unbelievable season. Um, but they, you know, they had the first round bye. They came in. They were rusty. They were slow. And they got, they got wiped out by the Titans. Yeah. And they, and they uh, rested. That, they rested last year. And they're not, they're not doing that this year. So I think right, right. totally different team. Yeah, and I think I think momentum comes into play a lot when it comes to playoff games, and uh, the Ravens did not have it last year coming off of a bye. The Titans did. We all know how Derrick Henry performs in December, so I think this year the Ravens have a little more momentum being, you know, a little, I guess, less better in terms of what their record was, but... Yeah, and like know, you I said, it's the, in that... It's in that sixty percent range, so again, not super, not super confident. So, right, um, yeah, not confident at all. If this were a regular season game, I probably wouldn't touch it. But yeah. again, for like external reasons, yeah, it might make me lean Ravens. I haven't picked a side on this game yet. I haven't played this game at all. So okay. yeah, we'll see. But yeah, we'll see. It was just interesting to see it lean towards towards the uh, the underdog a little bit more. It did. Yeah, that is interesting. So yeah. Bear Saints is the next one. I have a feeling it's probably yep. a pretty a pretty pretty big uh, lopsided game. I would imagine. Yep. <laughs> so we got uh, we got the Saints around eighty two point six percent, which is right in that eighty three to eighty eight percent sweet spot that I like. However, the spread is very high. Yeah. Um, but again, 
Dude, I don't know why the Bears are in the playoffs, to be completely honest. I don't think Kyle they should Murray be here at all. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, because yeah, the choke job. I, but, I, I do not like the Bears to win this game at all, but not to spoil any picks for later, I think this is a very easily coverable game for the Bears, though. Yeah, that's that's what I feel like a lot of people are going to start putting their money on that nine and a half, just because it, it's such a big spread. It's hard to take something that big. Um, but shockingly enough, I actually might roll Saints here this week. We're going to see. Um, just for the sake of of taking that sweet spot range, you know, yep. put my money where my mouth is kind of thing. So um, we'll see. I don't know. Bears started the season five and one somehow miraculously, even when their offense was in shambles, trying to decide between Trubisky and Foles. Um, only one of those five wins was impressive. And it was a one point win against the Bucks. Yeah. The rest of the season, they went three and seven. And those three teams, I actually looked this up. The only three teams they beat were the Vikings, the Texans and the Jaguars. Again, nothing impressive. So with a three and seven finish to the season against and the three wins coming from not good teams, I don't see the momentum here for the Bears. So sure, could they hang around? Yeah, they do a lot, but that's kind of why I like the Saints. And then having them be in this little sweet spot range that I like, I might just have to kind of roll with them here. But, you you know, we'll see. Maybe tease them down. Yeah, absolutely. And the last one, Browns and Steelers, what do you – I mean – yeah. <laughs> so the whole mess of COVID that, that kind of sucks, but yeah, um, this one was actually the closest. So we have the Steelers in 50.1 Browns in 49.9. So it's very, very close. Now, um, obviously, like you said, COVID might, I would, you know, you, you're probably not going to tweet anything about this till later, later in the week, you know, once you find yeah. out who's going to be on the sidelines and whatnot, but um and then will you like just just out of curiosity, will you rerun that model then? Like once you find out, like does that does any of that affect it at all? Or yeah, so that's actually a good point. I didn't get to mention that. Um, at this point, it does not actually account for injuries and other external okay. things like that. Um, so this is kind of what it is, and then you got to take that and then kind of counter counter in that other stuff. So yeah, give it. Give we're it gonna see. Yeah, we're. Yeah, definitely dead even. Um, some of the scores that came out had the Steelers winning by a little bit. But again, that simulation has it, you know, 51-49, super, super even. So my, my only my only like personal take on that, disregarding the, the analytics standpoint, is yeah, that yeah. the Browns were trying their absolute hardest uh, last week because they had to win to get in the playoffs, yeah. basically. And right. the Steelers started Mason Rolfe, who didn't do a bad job, but like you could just – tell that they really weren't trying a hundred percent and it's still right. was a two point game. So that alone just makes me a little weary of uh, picking the Browns in that game. Yeah. Which I know yeah, I, I'm I not suggesting, but still 50, 50 is, <laughs> is a, it is a toss up. That's nice. Yeah. It, it's a toss up enough, you know, to avoid it. But when I ran this and I saw that the spread was four and a half, I, you know, in my head, it screamed value, value, value. So I, uh, I ended up, I think I tweeted this. I ended up teasing, the Browns to 10 and a half and the bills to basically money line. And, uh, you know, I threw a unit on that just cause I saw, I saw value right away. I thought it would move. And yeah. then this COVID news came out. So it's just unfortunate, but <laughs> it, is it is what it is. is. I, I still like the 10 there. We always say, I like, I like your approach. Lock them in as early as you can. Cause we put out our lines, our podcast drops on Wednesday by the time Sunday rolls around mm-hmm. shit has changed drastically. So that's why I always tell our followers to lock in when they can. But, uh, 
Yeah. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. So uh, anyway, Justin, man, we appreciate you hopping on here again. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at conch picks. I highly recommend to follow him. Um, he puts out yes, props, NBA stuff, NBA, because we're not huge in NBA. I like that a lot. Props, NBA, playoff, NFL, whatever it is, you can find him there. Um, but we appreciate your time, man. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime. That's, Thanks for having me, man. And that's uh, that's conch C O N C H picks P I C K S. Obviously, I mean, you gotta spell yeah. it out for kids these days. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, uh, Justin, for that interview with ConchPix at ConchPix on all the socials. Um, that is his approach on his like analytical model that he has. We are going to roll into our picks for Wild Card Weekend for the NFL. Our typical how we like to analyze games may not be the most effective, but we also take our deep dive into how we feel like the games are going to be played. So... That's coming up right now. Let's roll on into it. Uh, NFL starts Saturday, 12 o'clock, first game on Wild Card Weekend. Should be a good one. Honestly, I feel like it's one a lot of people are overlooking. Uh, and Conscious mentioned that himself. It is the Colts at the Bills. Bills are six and a half point favorites, and the over under is 51 and a half. Yeah, so um, I know Conch talked about this game and had it being pretty close. I think it is close for a while. I think it is close to like, you know, for a majority of the game, but I feel like at some point in time, this bill's offense is just too good to contain for an entire four quarters. They've been so hot, probably arguably one of the hottest teams coming into the playoffs and the Colts almost lost to Mike Glennon and the Jags on Sunday. Um, You know, and everyone's saying this Colts team is like, got a good defense or opportunistic. Well, the Dolphins had a great defense. They were very opportunistic, and the Bills hung 56 and 31 on them. Um, I'm taking Bills minus six and a half at two units. All right. Don't hate that. Um, I'm leaning a slightly different pick, and a little abnormal pick than we usually do. I think the Bills always, like, they never struggle finding their offense, really, um, at least here lately at the back end of the season. So I'm going to go with first half Bills minus four. I'm doing one unit on that. I really like that pick. I always forget to look at halves. I'll have to look at that next week. Um, but I like that pick. You know, like you said, they always jump out. I mean, they start even even on Sunday when they played the Dolphins. They started slow. They're losing 3 nothing at the end of their first quarter. And then we ended up being up 28-6 at half. Um, so even if they have a slow first quarter, I still have confidence they can cover that. Which leads us into the second game. Um, of wild card weekend it's on saturday at 3 40 it is the rams at the seahawks and nfc west matchup seahawks are minus four and the over under is 42 and a half travis Conch said this game is kind of weird so how, how are you seeing it go it is weird and i'll tell you why it's weird and why and it lines up perfectly with my pick and how it's supposed to go um we all know that the seahawks are bound to never ever ever playing a normal game which is hard for me to ever pick them as a favorite when they're the, when they're like any more than like one or two. Um, I don't like the over under here because the Rams 
either can move the ball really well or they're really stagnant. And the Seahawks lately have been kind of struggling offensively after Russell Wilson was like the MVP favorite. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to do another first half pick. I'm going to do first half Seahawks minus three for one unit just because I know that they can blow leads late in the game and they could go in the half dominating, end up blowing it in the second half, but my bet would still hit. Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting pick. Um, I've seen Seattle blow a lot of, like you said, a lot of halftime, a lot of second half games this year. Not really blow them, but, you know, lose the spread on them. Your pick, your exact words were why my pick is the way it is. The Seahawks offense has been kind of struggling lately. And on the flip side, the Rams have the number one scoring defense in the NFL. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And they've been like top five the last three weeks. I'm doing Rams plus four. I'm doing a unit and a half on it because the four is so weird to me. Like I think the Seahawks can still win this game um, by like, he's like Travis said, a a couple points, which means the Rams will cover. I actually like the Rams to win this game. Not going to put my nuts on it and say they're going to go money line, but I'll take them at plus four. Also Seattle was two and three against the spread to end the year. So one and a half units Rams plus four. Yeah, just outside of our picks, like I feel like this could be, and I feel like we always end up like say this year after year, but this could be one of the crazier postseasons just with how wild some of the games have already been this year. Like, I mean, we so many last teams year, are, so many teams are just wildly inconsistent. Yeah. We, we said it last year in the fucking Titans at the, as a sixth seed ended up going to the AFC Championship game and played the Chiefs pretty decently. You Should know? have won. Yeah. And then, yeah. So I mean, it it was crazy last year, and this year, like the same thing. I've said this year, like the Seahawks, terrible defense, awful defense. But here lately, their defense has been pretty good. So it's like, who are they? Are they good on offense or are they good on defense? Yeah, don't know. Uh, night game on Saturday, seven fifteen Central. Bucks minus eight at Washington. Over under is forty five. Conch had 95% Bucks winning this game. What do you got? So I wasn't super confident in this pick until he said that. Um, he said it was 95%. I love it. This pick might be one of my favorites. Yeah, 95%, which means 95% of the time the Bucks win. He said anything in that, usually in that low 80s is a sweet spot to take take by a score or less. But if it's in the 90s, that's when you look in the in the double-digit spreads. So I'm doing Bucks minus or double double score spreads, essentially. Um, Bucks minus eight. It's weird because it's not a touchdown. I feel a lot more comfortable if it was at seven, but I'll take them at minus eight, a unit and a half. Um, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay has scored 40 plus points in their last two, and they scored 31 and 26 before that. I know Washington has a good defense, but not a, not enough to hold this offense at bay. Yeah, I am. Like I said, uh, I think, well, I guess that would have been our last episode. Uh, so two weeks ago when I picked Washington or not Washington, when I picked Tampa Bay in one of my picks, I said that they win by an average of 14 and the Lions lose by an average of 13. 
I don't know how much Washington loses by, but just for the fact that Tampa Bay wins by an average of that margin and how bad Washington has looked on the offensive side of the ball pretty much all season long, Bucks minus eight, no brainer here. I'm doing two units on it. Yeah. And if they don't cover and or lose, just another reason for me to hate, hate Tom Brady. So um, we'll they go will, with that. there's, I will say this, there's zero percent chance they lose this game. There's the odds are never that bad, but uh, let's roll on. Into, All right. Point one. Let's roll on into the Sunday slate. We got the noon game. Um, it's a rematch from last year's postseason. Ravens are the favorite on the road, minus three at the Titans. The over-under is 54 and a half. A lot of points, and the Ravens are three-point favorites. And, yeah, I was actually – I was surprised. I do like the Ravens in this game. That is my pick. I am taking Ravens minus three, and I'm doing one unit on it. But I I was surprised, obviously, the lower seed is the favorite – but at the same time, that's what I li- that's what I would have done if I were Vegas because the Titans have looked bad, very bad on defense the last few games. Like, yes, they're always going to be able to move the ball because Derrick Henry is a monster, but they let up 38 to the Texans in a game they almost choked. They lost 40 to 14 in a horrible game versus the Packers, and they had to score 46 points versus the Lions to win that game decently. Like they allowed 25 points to the Lions um, at home. So for me, the Baltimore, the Ravens are clicking on all cylinders. I hated the Ravens earlier in the season, but right now they're just, I got to roll with the hotter hand here and I got to go Ravens minus three. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. Um, I know Conch said this is going to be a fairly close game. Um, according to the model, I think he had the Titans actually winning it. I just, I, and he said that you just know, not sometimes the model doesn't 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 agree with the naked eye i'm feeling the same way here i'm going ravens minus three i'm actually doing two units on it um another stat just kind of back it up the ravens have only allowed 87.7 rushing yards per game over the last three weeks so they've held their rush opponents to under 100 yards i know it's not the best competition but if they can hold henry at bay just a little bit and not let him get fucking 200 plus yards like the like the texans did then i think they can win this one very easily because their offense is clicking now and Tennessee defense, like Travis said, is just meh. Yeah, like when when the Ravens were on that losing skid and they weren't doing too hot, I was like, dude, the Ravens suck. They rattled off their last five wins of the season. They they must have just like found it. I don't know what it was. They have scored their lowest scoring game in the last five weeks for the Giants, and they scored twenty seven. Other than that, they've scored thirty four or higher. They're just they're they're moving the ball down the field. They know how to do it. And against the Tennessee defense, who's not looking good, can't bet Tennessee. Yeah, can't can't overlook that one, um, which leads us into the second game on Sunday, Bears at Saints. We've got our largest spread of the weekend here. Um, the Saints are 9.5, 10, wherever you depend. We're just going to go with 9.5. And then the over-under is 47. So a low over-under, but with the Saints being that big of a spread, that to me just, I'm like, eh, get away from me. Yeah, don't like it at all. But I love betting on this game. As a matter of fact, I like three total lines in this game, which I may end up writing, depending on how this goes, because this is the fifth out of sixth game. May go with all three. The one I'm going to put out is a seven-point teaser, and it is the Bears plus 17 over of 40. I just 
I don't see the Bears losing by 17. They have been competitive. Mitch Trubisky has been able to move the ball down the field. Um, on the other hand, over 40, that's just so low. Saints can move the ball. Bears have been able to move the ball. I don't really know what else I need to say here. The two other picks I like are the Bears to cover 10 and just straight up over a 47. Cool. That works out because that's my pick, over a 47. Um, I'm doing a unit and a half on it. Since Trubisky came back as the starter, the Bears have scored more than 25 points every week except for week 17 um, against the Packers and Lambeau. On the other side of the ball, since Drew Brees came back off, off the injury list or whatever the fuck, off IR, um, the Saints have put up 29, 52, and 33. So not as consistent kind of across the board. But the point is, is they're both putting up points. And I just – the Bears defense isn't playing as well as it was, and the Saints defense isn't playing as well as it was at the beginning slash middle of the year. That's why I like this over. And 10 is – nine and a half, ten 10 is way too steep for me. Yeah, I know Justin from Con said that he's going to – he his model said Saints, and he might ride Saints, and he doesn't know why the Bears in the playoffs. But I feel like that is a little bit skewed considering the Bears were doing well with Mitch, benched him, Foles absolutely shit the bed, and then Mitch surprising? came back and put them in to the playoffs, basically. So, Yeah, man. Uh I don't like the spread. I, I Bears up straight up is intriguing. I like your pick better because there's no way to lose by 17 points. And obviously I like your over. So, cause I'm doing my straight. And I will say, and I don't, I'll speak for myself. I kind of want to speak for everyone. How many times have you been fucked by the saints in the last few years in the playoffs? Every year since every year, every the last three years, anyway, every year since we, since we've been doing this podcast. So exactly. That's interesting. Let's roll into the Sunday night game, which is weird. I think this line's going to move depending on what happens throughout the week. You got the Browns. Already at, has. Yeah, already has. The Browns at the Steelers. This opened up as like a four, four and a half point line, but now it's to six. And the Steelers, the Steelers are the favorite at minus six. The over-under is 47 and a half. And why the Steelers moved so much just today was because we would already talked about the Browns having COVID issues. So um, I'll roll on this one real quick. I don't think there's a lot of time, a lot of need to harp on it. I'm going Steelers minus six at two units. I would have done this regardless of the COVID issues because I was not impressed with the Browns last week playing the Steelers backups. Um, also not having Kevin Stefanski, which calls the plays like we said earlier. It just, to me, I think Steelers win this game, come out refreshed and re-energized and their defense is going to ball out. Yeah. That also bodes well with my pick. I'm doing another seven-point teaser, which buys it to Steelers basically money line and under 54 and a half. Seven, Kevin Stefanski, not there. Brown's offense. I mean, if they're able to move the ball, then the, this teaser shot in the foot completely and Jared's shot in the foot because the Steelers, on the other hand, just like never move the ball very quickly. They're a methodical team. They drive down the field. And if they're not scoring, then then uh, they're going to lose. But on the other hand, they don't score a lot. So their defense is going to have to step up, stop the Browns. Steelers, I think minus six is a good pick. Also, I like my pick of the money line in under 54 and a half. Yeah, I'm not seeing a ton of uh, playoff games getting to the 50s this weekend. Uh, maybe just a handful, but we'll see. So that does it for NFL wildcard weekend. Um, all the picks we are going to touch on the college football national championship game. 
It's Alabama versus Ohio State. It's supposed to happen on Monday. Now, Ohio State is supposedly having COVID issues, and it might, might get pushed back. But we're going to talk about it because it very well could happen next Monday, the 11th. It's uh, Alabama versus Ohio State, obviously. Alabama is seven-and-a-half-point favorites, and the over-under is 75, which is bananas. Um, I know Travis said he loves Alabama, so is that what you ended up doing? Yeah, absolutely. Love it. I'll buy – I'm – because seven and a half this morning was even. So I'll buy him down to seven because that's worth the minus 120 or minus 130, whatever the fuck you want to get it at. But absolutely love being minus seven. Ohio State is fighting COVID issues right now. They have not leaked much information at all. But the AD said that they their hopes are very high of playing this game. So I don't know if they're going to be missing any players, any coaches, whatever. Bama has reported no issues. Regardless of the fact, I don't think Ohio State is what everyone thinks they are. Yes, they had a good game. Congratulations everyone has a good game. I applaud them for beating Clemson, yeah. which Venables couldn't figure out what he was doing on defense. Nick Saban is not going to allow his team to lose – to an Ohio State team that's won seven games all year. Yeah, that's Not kind of uh, that's my reason for my pick. I think the big thing that's going to stand out in this game is the sheer coaching experience and the amount of times that Saban's been there. If he wins this, it'll be a sixth national championship, and Ryan Day has been there. He's probably going to be a good coach. I like what I've seen from him thus far, but Saban's experience is going to outweigh Day in this game in every aspect, preparation, game planning, whatever it may be. Um, I just think that's the difference. Against, like you said, like Travis said, seven and a half. I'm not a huge, hugely worried about it. I would buy it on the seven. I'm going to do a teaser with it, um, with mine, a seven point teaser to make Bama minus a half in the under of 82. I just think 80 is an insane amount of points to be scored. Yes, Ohio State scored 49 against Clemson, but that Bama, I, I think Bama defense is going to step up a little bit more. I think with two weeks to prepare, you know, Saban staff will be able to do what Venables wasn't able to do. So, yeah, how they were not able, like we said, not able to adjust at halftime, come up with some things that could stop Ohio State. Nick Saban has been here. This is just like any other game to him. I absolutely, he wants to win it because why wouldn't you? It's a national championship. But at the same time, like, he's not going to stress out about it. And I think Alabama is the far superior team in this matchup, far and away. So those are our picks. Obviously, we think Alabama is going to win the national championship. Um, so that does it for the, for the Generous Digest, episode 105. A big one. Travis, before we get out of here, we didn't really break down the NFL bracket. Who Who's your, who's your Super Bowl matchup based off the bracket matchups we have now? AFC, it's a little bit easier for me to narrow down. I have either Bills, Chiefs. Um, I'm leaning Bills just because I think that would be more entertaining. And I've said it I've said it since he came into the league. I, I kind of like Josh Allen. I know that they just beat our Dolphins to knock us out of the playoffs. But at the same time, it'd be kind of cool to be like, hey, we got knocked out of the playoffs by a team that's in the Super Bowl. So I think it's Bills versus on the other side, NFC. I feel like it's fucking up in the air. Way up in the air. I want to lean. So the only so team you can different. rule out. I think the only team in the NFC you can rule out right away is Washington. Washington. I'm also ruling out the Rams. Um, I I kind of wanted to put the Seahawks in there, but they're just so inconsistent that I couldn't. 
This is one team that I never thought I would say this at the beginning of the year, and I've said it time and time again that they're frauds. We don't know who they are. I think it's going to come down to Tom Brady in the playoffs. He just does what he knows how to do best. So I have Bills, Bucks in the playoffs, and I'm not going to tell you my or in the in the Super Bowl, not going to tell you my winner. Okay, there you go. Um, I also have the Bills coming out of the AFC, but I have Green Bay coming out of the NFC on the other, on the other side. I think Aaron Rodgers is playing next level football, so um, I won't tell you my winner reason, either. I will stop you there. The reason I didn't have Green Bay coming out is because of the shellac job the Bucks put on the Packers in the middle of the season this year. Yeah, we'll see if that, but that was in Tampa Bay. This one, this one would be in Lambeau. Uh, but Tom Brady's no it's Tom Brady. Yeah, I know. He's not, he's no stranger to cold weather. So <laughs> we still have to be cool to touch on that. But uh, other than that, Travis, you got anything before we wrap up episode one Oh five? Nope. That's it. Uh, first episode of the new year. Hope you guys are rolling with us. Uh, new, another guest coming on either within the coming weeks. Um, Because it's our first race week in six weeks. Hell yeah. So we'll touch on that a little more. But other than that, have a happy wild card uh, playoff weekend. And we will talk to you guys next week. Absolutely. Make sure you tune in on Monday. We'll be giving away that Kong beer bong during the national championship. Peace out, homies. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.